The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Museum Life with Carol Bossert. Museums are important whether we work in them, for them, or simply love visiting them. Throughout history, people have collected things and put them on display to enjoy. But today's museums offer much more than rooms filled with stuff. They provide places to learn and share experiences with family and friends, as well as sanctuaries to unplug, rest, and refresh. On today's show, we'll discuss how museums can remain relevant and sustainable, reach out to new audiences, and remain attuned to cultural and technological trends. Now, here's your host, Carol Bossert. Welcome to Museum Life. This is Carol Bossert, and it is an honor for me to bring this show to you today. I must say that when I first began my consulting business, I had the distinct pleasure of working in Shanghai, China, uh, to help the developers there uh, develop their first science center. And it has been my pleasure and honor to watch as that science center grows from a museum of science and technology and now having several branch museums, including the new Shanghai Natural History Museum, which opened recently, and the soon-to-open Shanghai Planetarium. I've cherished my time in living and working in Shanghai and getting to know so many wonderful friends there. And it is my distinct honor this morning to bring to you uh, Delphi Fang, who is the Deputy Director of the Administration Office and Secretary to the Museum Board Chair of the Shanghai Science and Technology Museum. Uh, It is through uh, my my friend Walter Stavlnos at uh, Aztec that I was able to meet Delphi and while we have never met face to face I feel uh, a wonderful kindredship uh, to her and I am thrilled to be able to provide this opportunity for her to share all of the wonderful things that are going on at the Shanghai Museum of Science and Technology. Delphi Thank you so much uh, for agreeing to be on this show today. It is my pleasure to welcome you here. Yeah, Carol, this is my great honor to be interviewed by the Museum Life of uh, Voice America. Thank you very much for inviting our museum to be interviewed. Wonderful, wonderful. Delphi, would you be, uh, I've, I've uh, talked a little bit about what your job title is as the Deputy uh, Director of Administration Office and Secretary to the Museum uh, Board Chair, but could you explain a little bit about what your duties are? Uh, yes, uh, I'm mainly responsible for the international and domestic collaborations for our museums, 
of our museum and also uh, in charge of all the VIP receptions. And that is also very important for keeping public relationships and, and also to establish a very good friendship and partnership between our international counterparts and domestic ones. And also I'm in charge of uh, uh, our museum's uh, association because we participate in different uh, associations in the world as well in China. And uh, um, we've also our responsibility to serving for our board um, museum directors as well as for other departments, especially those uh, business departments and those departments for education. So we should be ensured that our service should be uh, to their demand. Wonderful. You have uh, so many so many responsibilities, and I know we'll have an opportunity to talk a little later in the show about yes. some of the projects that you've been doing uh, in terms of, of working with the International Science Center community. Um, how long have you been doing this job? Uh, I came to the museum actually before the Science Museum opened to the public on December the 18th, 2001. And actually before the... Uh, the Nice Epic Leaders Summit, because we are we were very honored to have the opportunity to uh, receive those um, how to say country leaders from the Asian Pacific uh, region before our museum opened to the public. And at that time, I remember uh, President Bush. Uh, that was his first international meeting or conference after the uh, September 11 tragedy. So our museum uh, was the first place that he came for attending an international meeting. Oh, I didn't realize that. That is very interesting. Uh, Delphi, many, many of uh, the listeners to Museum Life are uh, uh, emerging museum professionals. Uh, Many are uh, still in uh, doing their graduate studies, so they are always very interested to know how uh, people such as as yourself have um, obtained their their position uh, to do the wonderful work that you do. So if you could explain just a little bit more about what you, um, what you did uh, before you uh, started working at the Science Museum and, and a little bit about your educational background. Uh, okay. I, uh, it's my pleasure to share my uh, kind of experience. Uh, before I taking this position, I was... Uh, actually, I've been working for this museum for, over, uh, for almost 14 years. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's counted to, to uh, October 1st this year. And before I entered this museum, I was working for an international, an international trading company, uh, Teslite. And, uh, I, I was, uh, uh, enrolled as the, um, international program officer, uh, firstly when I enrolled here, and also as a secretary report chair, as well as a, a translator, something like that. Uh, and uh, I was graduated from the Beijing, uh, at that time it's number two um, foreign language university, and now I think I heard that the, the, the name will change to foreign, uh, Beijing Foreign Study uh, University. Uh, so I was majored in English and tourism, uh, so that's my background, um, but uh, I'm very glad that uh, I was in, I was uh, I was I had the opportunity to work for the Shanghai Science and Technology Museum, and through the past 14 years, I think I've learned a lot, and uh, 
uh, I developed and the museum developed. We we were developing at the same time. <laughs> that's a very good way of <laughs> that's a very good way of putting it. Uh, uh, did uh, growing up as a uh, as a, a little girl, did you uh, did you enjoy science and nature? Oh yes, I think that was uh, that was um, uh, why I was uh, working. I, I, I was uh, interesting to be a museum professional because uh, since my little childhood, I feel I'm very curious about everything, uh, just like the other kids, uh, especially about uh, you know ET and also uh, those uh, very interesting and creative things and those uh, cutting edge science and technology. I think uh, when I reading newspapers and the TV news. Uh, I like the documentaries, especially about the natural world, uh, and also uh, I, I always uh, it catches my eye uh, if I see those kind of a uh, cutting science, uh, cutting edge science and technology news. That's wonderful. I th- uh, and and I, uh, it reminds me that uh, even if we major or as you did, you majored in a, in a different area in English uh, and and worked in translation. But you're now able to take those two aspects of your life and uh, uh, mold them together into a wonderful opportunity of sharing uh, what Shanghai is doing with the international community. That's absolutely fabulous. I'm sure you'll no, enjoy you that for many years. Can itself has provided a very good platform for museum professionals like me, yes. Well, could you uh, share with our listeners a little bit about uh, the uh, Shanghai Science and Technology Museum, the, you know, the original building? Um, uh, when did it open? Yes, just as I mentioned, uh, it was opened on December the 18th, 2001. And uh, it was located. It is located in Pudong New District uh, in Shanghai, which is at the east side of the Bond in Shanghai. And the Bond is uh, one of the the central business. The Bond River. Yes. Yes. You, you nobody really know the Bond, and uh, we call it the Bond, uh, the Museum of Architecture, World Architecture. So you can see a lot of European style architecture banks and. Uh, Buildings, uh, which was built in the twenties and thirties. Yes, uh, and uh, for for uh, this is one of uh, one of the times that is so sad that we don't have a video that this is only an audio program but I encourage everyone uh, to Google Shanghai uh, Science and Technology Museum and look at the absolutely uh, beautiful beautiful uh, architecture and and building of of it do you remember uh, who who was the architect do you remember yes of course uh, his name is Liu Xiao Mr. Liu Xiaoguang uh, who was uh, who is also working for RTKL, which is a American architecture company based in Maryland. Uh, she uh, he was the uh, major design designer for this building, and the whole architecture is um, in a spiraling up shape like a huge wing of science and technology. And in the middle, we have a um, big glass ball inside which there's a 4D theater, four-dimensional theater. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, how many square uh, meters is the uh, is the building? 
Yes, um, our building has taken an area about 68,000 square meters, and the floor plan total is about uh, 100,000 square meters. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, uh, and how many people work at the, uh, at the museum? Uh, it's counted with our uh, uh, Shanghai Sanzinoli Museum's company. Uh, in total, we have 472 currently, and also including uh, staff member working for our Natural History Museum branch. Wow, that's uh, that's a, a uh, I I would consider that a, a large number of people working for the museum, but possibly small <laughs> uh, when when you think of all, all the just the sheer size of, of the, the building and uh, uh, all, of the, all of the duties uh, that they need to um, uh, take care of. What, uh, what kind of training do, these, um, uh, do the people that work at the museum receive? Yeah, normally we work from 8.30 to 5.30. Uh, of course, not counting with extra working. Um, but museum open to the public at nine o'clock, uh, and uh, close at uh, a quarter past five. Uh, we open from Tuesday to Sunday, except for a Monday. On Monday, we close uh, for maintenance. You know. Of course. Well, there there has to be some time to uh, to, to to clean and just do uh, do one's desk work. I understand that completely. Um, Delphi, before we go on and talk a little bit about uh, who comes to the museum and and, uh, the audiences that the museum serves, we're going to go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, more with Delphi Fang uh, talking about the Shanghai Museum of Science and Technology and science education in uh, China. So please stay tuned. We will be back in a moment. This is Carol Bossert for Museum Life. Carol Bossert established CB Services LLC because she believes in the societal value of museums. Exhibitions are a primary way that museums deliver this value, providing places for exploration, renewal, and conversation. Good exhibitions begin with good content, and at CB Services, we are all about the content. CB Services helps organizations identify, shape, and document the ideas and stories that form the foundation of a successful exhibit. We provide tools that help our clients make good decisions throughout the exhibition development process and get the most out of collaborations with architects and exhibit designers. CB Services offers half-day and day-long workshops to get staff, boards, and communities ready for an exhibition project. Call today to schedule a workshop. CB Services also offers a one-hour free consultation to organizations no matter where they are in the exhibition development process. Visit carolbossertservices.com. Reach out to Carol through Twitter or LinkedIn or call her directly at 240-432-7712. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel. 
every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. On the morning of August 5, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe and what keeps her so popular over 50 years later. Good Night Marilyn Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You're tuned into Museum Life with Carol Bossert. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to carol.bossert at verizon.net. Now, back to Museum Life. Welcome back. This is Carol Bossert, and today I am here with Delphi Fang, who is the uh, Deputy Director of Administration uh, and Secretary to the Museum Board Chair of the Shanghai Science and Technology Museum. And before break, Delphi was sharing with us a little bit about just the sheer size and scope of the core uh, Science and Technology Museum. And, and Delphi, um, so uh, who... How, how can you describe your audience to us? Uh, who comes to the museum? Uh, I think uh, uh, around 40 of our audience are coming from locally, uh, from Shanghai. And uh, we are the majority of our visitors are coming from actually all over the uh, country as well, uh, abroad. And I think the majority of the um, guests uh, and visitors are from adjacent provinces. Uh, and also uh, region, uh, from the other region in China, even from uh, very far away places like Xinjiang, Tibet, and also from northern part of China. That's very interesting. Uh, how, um, how do they hear about the mu- museum? Uh, I think, yes, yeah, you know, it's very interesting because our museum is the only science and technology museum in China who had um, both got the, uh, as, as the, as the, as the national 5A level, uh, that's AAAA, 5A level touring spot, uh, in China in science museums field, as well as we are the uh, first grade of national museum. So, uh, we, I think, uh, through the tourism uh, system that people get to know us, and also in Shanghai, of course, everybody knows us, and everybody knows our branch museum as a Shanghai Museum of Natural History. So I think, of course, our marketing people are working hard and to work with uh, schools and, uh, and also tour, like uh, travel agencies, you know, and also working with... Uh, the other, like, uh, uh, tourism agencies. So, uh, and then we had very good relationship with our, the media, which is very important, you know. So uh, people get to know us in uh, various ways. 
Yes, um, it sounds like you have a very comprehensive uh, marketing plan. And, of course, I'm sure that there are many uh, visitors uh, throughout China and, of course, throughout the world that are interested in visiting uh, Shanghai be- uh, for all of its beauty and a variety of museums and, and things to do. And this, this uh, certainly the uh, Shanghai Museum of Science and Technology adds to that. Have have you noticed any changes in the audience uh, uh, since the museum first opened fourteen years ago? Uh, yes, I think uh, according to our statistics, uh, we've uh, embraced uh, more people from other provinces and also international guests. Uh, so uh, uh, I think because we are uh, getting. Uh, more developed and uh, getting more experience, so uh, we got more famous. Uh, and also, I remember uh, the year before last uh, and last year, it was uh, broadcast by CNN uh, that, according to a very uh, an international uh, assessment third party, uh, I, I cannot forget, I forgot the name, but according to that agency, our museum was listed as the most visited museum in the world, uh, ranking to the top, ranking at the 16 among the top 20. My and goodness. And this year I've heard that we had been progressing to earlier uh, ranking, but I, I cannot tell the number. I have to check on the website. <laughs> Well, uh, being in the top 20 uh, uh, most visited museums is, is certainly a, a great honor, and, and uh, I, I did not, uh, I knew it was, was very popular. I didn't realize uh, just how popular it has become. Um, I believe, and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but I believe when uh, the museum was first being developed and first opened, it was only the one of two science museums in uh, China, and now of course, uh, the Shanghai Museum has developed so thoroughly, and there are now uh, numerous uh, science centers uh, throughout China. Uh, so I would assume that that uh, the Shanghai Museum has been leading the way in science education for your your country. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, I think uh, after our museum was established, we were built. Uh, all the exhibition and displays in, inside the galleries were designing a very new, brand new way at that time because we are very theme oriented rather than discipline oriented. So, uh, not, of course, we have a light wisdom gallery which is very discipline oriented, talking about those principles, and it is very popular and uh, very interactive. And the other galleries uh, of our first and second phase galleries uh, are very theme oriented, such as. Um, uh, about topic of robotics, about information technology, about space uh, exploration, uh, and about uh, biodiversity, for example. So within these kind of theme-oriented galleries, we can show a variety of things that we feel that people would get very interested in. Yes. uh, So... 
so if I understand correctly, and and of course, and I have looked at uh, some of the exhibits uh, descriptions on the website, the museum really provides a very comprehensive uh, look at all aspects of science, from um, the physical sciences. Uh, I I believe that is the uh, light of wisdom gallery and design. Uh, environment, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, and also uh, geology. Yes. Uh, cause the theme of our, our museum is uh, uh, nature, science, and technology, nature, human beings, science, and technology. That's the very comprehensive theme. So we would like to uh, provide to our visitors in an all-around way to get to to raise our raise their curiosity about science and technology, as well as uh, to for nature and for culture and also for for how to uh, for for their care and awareness to protect the environment. Ah, that uh, that is um, that is so terribly important for all of us these days. And I, I know science centers around the world are are looking uh, very seriously at uh, helping the public understand their uh, the environmental impact of of their actions. Uh, I'm sure you're doing some of those things as well. Uh, what what are the most popular exhibits in the museum? Uh, according to our statistics and uh, survey, uh, I think most of the, uh, I got in data that uh, the world of robotics uh, was one of the uh, most favorite. And uh, according to previous uh, studies, that, uh, you know, the light of uh, the spectrum, spectrum of life gallery, a spectrum of, uh, uh, yes, spectrum of uh, life is uh, uh, a living, an indoor living rainforest. Uh, they are of uh, the most uh, favorable and uh, most of it, uh, most popular ex- exhibition is attraction i should say is the journey inside uh, exhibition and you can see like yesterday uh, i saw people getting especially children getting a long queue and just to uh, they will wait for about 2 hours to be uh, to have the experience of about 7 minutes to be on uh, a vehicle uh, in a shape of strawberry or pear or an apple, and then uh, the vehicle, like a little car, you know, will go into a drunken man's, a very ugly man's mouth, and going through the whole digestive uh, system, uh, and had a very awful ending, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, but waiting two hours? My goodness. Yes. And uh, I, I have interviewed some, uh, uh, how do you say, parents, and they told me that my little kid just uh, want to play this uh, journey inside uh, attraction again and again. So waited for, in, you know, in holiday, it's very common that you have to get in a long queue and uh, wait. Um, and after the World Expo in uh, 2010, people are more accustomed to be getting a long queue, you know, um, and they will, uh, their kid will wait, prefer to wait about two hours for experience and then to getting a queue again, to experience again. So that's uh, really very popular. My, my goodness, that's uh, that. It's hard for me to uh, to get my mind uh, wrapped around that uh, that concept, um, but uh, but I would suspect that uh, one of the big biggest challenges that you face is managing the uh, the large crowds. Yes, that's a really uh, challenge. 
And we will uh, always bear in mind the safety is always the first priority. So all of my colleagues working in the front house, as well as uh, safeguards and also uh, leaders concerned, um, we will touring around the galleries all the time, especially during weekends. And like now, the summer holiday, every day we will receive uh, attendance over uh, around 200,000, uh, 20,000 a day. 20,000 visitors a day. Yeah, sometimes over that. And the highest number of visitors for our museum was reaching to about over 40,000. Um, and uh, we, we, we now uh, have uh, kind of a restriction for, uh, we have the majority number of uh, uh, visitors. If we're reaching about to, uh, up to 10,000, we have to control the ticket selling speed as well as to uh, sometimes it's necessary we'll stop selling tickets and until there's um, some people getting out of the museum then we will allow the other visitors to come inside to ensure the safety as well as to, to ensure the comfortableness uh, for people inside and sometimes it's a little bit uh, different, uh, how to say difficult to balance with uh, people waiting outside and the people inside so we are trying our best to balance with that ensuring, ensuring while ensuring the safety. Yes. Um, for, forgive the, the uh, English pun, but it really is a balancing act. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I am a little speechless with those numbers. I suppose I, I shouldn't be having uh, had a, a a chance to uh, to understand how China manages so beautifully with uh, with the, their large population, um, and uh, it sounds as if the museum is is doing that as well. I want to delve into that uh, perhaps a little bit more. I I am sure later in the program you can give us all some insights into uh, uh, managing a visitor experience. Uh, but before that, we are going to take another break, and when we come back, more with Delphi Fang about the uh, Shanghai Museum of Science and Technology. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the newest uh, opening, the wonderful building of the Natural History Museum. So please stay tuned. Remember... uh, I love to listen to my, uh, hear my listeners, um, uh, hear what they have to say, and uh, enjoy both uh, hearing from you by uh, email and uh, through Twitter. So please remember to uh, send me an email at carol.bossard at verizon.net or send me a tweet at at MuseWrite. I love to always know uh, what's on your mind and what you want to be talking about next. So we will be back in one moment. This is Carol Bossert for Museum Life. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. 
Carol Bossert established CB Services, LLC because she believes in the societal value of museums. Exhibitions are a primary way that museums deliver this value, providing places for exploration, renewal, and conversation. Good exhibitions begin with good content. And at CB Services, we are all about the content. CB Services helps organizations identify, shape, and document the ideas and stories that form the foundation of a successful exhibit. We provide tools that help our clients make good decisions throughout the exhibition development process and get the most out of collaborations with architects and exhibit designers. CB Services offers half-day and day-long workshops to get staff, boards, and communities ready for an exhibition project. Call today to schedule a workshop. CB Services also offers a one-hour free consultation to organizations no matter where they are in the exhibition development process. Visit carolbossertservices.com, reach out to Carol through Twitter or LinkedIn, or call her directly at 240-432-7712. On the morning of August 5, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe and what keeps her so popular over 50 years later. Good Night Marilyn Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You're tuned into Museum Life with Carol Bossert. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to carol.bossert at verizon.net. Now, back to Museum Life. Welcome back. This is Carol Bossert, and I'm here with Delphi Fang, and we've been talking about the um, the exciting activities that are going on at the Shanghai Museum of Science and Technology. And Delphi, one of the uh, newest um, exciting things that is, has happened uh, is the opening of the Natural History Museum. And so I'm hoping in this segment uh, you can share with us a little bit about that uh, the opening of that museum. Museum. Uh, perhaps you can share with us, uh, uh, as you did before, just to, for us to get a sense of its uh, size and, and also its location relative to the Science and Technology Museum. Yes, I'm very glad to share the news about the opening of our new branch museum, the Shanghai Museum of Natural History. And naturally, it was opened on the, the April the 18th, uh, this year, and actually we had a very, uh, we, we declared the opening with holding and hosting a, a very big international event called 2015 Shanghai International Nature Conservation Week. That's a uh, citywide uh, event, um, uh, like a week, a week series event. And we had uh, the celebrity forums inviting Mr. Kenneth E. Baring, a uh, very famous American entrepreneur who donated a lot of uh, animal specimens to our Natural History Museum as well as the Science Museum. And we invited Yao Ming, who is very famous now also in uh, worldwide, uh, and also um, the athlete, you know, and the other, uh, like, experts in 
studying about giant panda, and also uh, we also invited WWF uh, president and also his uh, representative, and also inviting a lot of uh, international organization members and also uh, kind of a deputy director level of a natural history museum in London. Uh, so we had, a, and also uh, Patrick Green, Dr. Patrick Green in Museum Victoria um, to give a speech on this celebrity farm for the opening. And also we held a lot of a 3D printing competition series. So, uh, and also the other competition about in a footprint uh, uh, tourism and, and a lot of uh, events that organized by Shanghai Science uh, an education development foundation, uh, whose board chair is also the board chair of our museum, Madam Zhou Huanchen. Uh, so this event is very influential, and uh, uh, we've received about uh, 470,000 people who participated in this uh, event, and uh, it's very influential. So we declare, declared our openings through holding this kind of a very influential and meaningful and, and concrete uh, serious events. So um, it was uh, very meaningful for us. And uh, actually, the Natural History Museum is located in the Jing'an Sculptural Park, which is uh, in the downtown of Shanghai and in Jing'an District. Uh, inside the sculptural park, you know, it's, it's very beautiful. The building itself is like uh, a sculpture uh, inside the sculpture park. Uh, so, so that's the yeah, that's about the opening about the Natural History Museum. Well, that's that. Uh, thank you so much. It does sound as if you had many uh, important dignitaries. And uh, did did I understand you correctly that um, uh, 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 Mr. Baring was it Baring who uh, who came who do, who uh, who who uh, was a donor of many of the uh, of the specimens right. to the museum? Yes, and he also donated us a lot of specimens for the Animal World Exhibition in our science and technology museum. Interesting. So, and now, but I, I remember when I uh, uh, was visiting Shanghai in the uh, in the mid nineties that uh, there there was uh, a uh, a natural history museum in in Shanghai of uh, uh, and uh, many uh, many curators uh, had developed uh, you know were doing research and collecting specimens of uh, yeah. uh, uh, so so uh, so there. Is a research basis uh, upon which the uh, the museum was built. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes, um, the, the museum of natural history you mentioned, the old Shanghai Natural History Museum, uh, was also one of the branches. So at that time, uh, do you know the building is very time honored, and uh, uh, the building belonged to the Shanghai city government. So we will uh, turn it back to the government after all the uh, stuff inside is. Uh, uh, transport, trans, transported out. So we are now doing this kind of uh, uh, stuff now. And uh, uh, that, that natural history museum uh, is very time out. Uh, and, uh, uh, the history can be retrospected to 1868 uh, when a French prize called Pierre Heard founded a Pierre Museum in a bird museum in Shanghai. And also our collection were part from the uh, this museum, and also part from the uh, collected from the Asian society of the Great Britain and Northern Ireland. So our 
old collections, which is over 200 years, were, were collected from uh, through the, the two um, branches. And then in 1956, after liberation uh, of China and Shanghai, and uh, we, the government, city government established the Shanghai Museum of Natural History. Uh, and then till now, uh, till about uh, 2001, then we established the Shanghai Science and Technology Museum. And uh, the Natural History Museum has merged into the Science Museum as a gallery. And later, through the efforts of Madame Zhuo Huancheng, who used to be the vice, vice mayor of Shanghai, and, and now the board chair since 2001, uh, 2001, become the board chair of the museum, as well as the board chair of Shanghai Science Education Development Foundation. Uh, through her uh, great efforts, and the government would like to uh, establish a new natural history museum for Shanghai because we feel that it is very needed for Shanghai people and for Chinese people to to uh, cherish this kind of a, a natural heritage. Yes. Um, now, so um, what are the exhibit topics in the uh, Natural History Museum? Uh, yes. Uh, we have... Um, Around ten uh, galleries, uh, such as um, mystery of origin, talking about life origin, and something related to astronomy as well. And also, we're leading you to a river of life gallery, uh, showcasing a lot of uh, various of open diorams, open uh, uh, like uh, in uh, you are working on a cliff or a mountain, then you can see the river of life of all, all these kind, various kinds of uh, animals from the ancient time till now. Uh, and, uh, and also we have a uh, way of evolution gallery, talk about ev- evolution and uh, future, fu- road for future and uh, uh, how do you say, principles of nature and the road of civiliza- uh, civilization. Uh, when mankind and geography meet uh, and also diverse ecologies, survival strategies, uh, so which we can learn from the plants from the natural world, from the animals. So they are living strategies. Uh, and uh, we also have a Shanghai Environ Gallery, which uh, inside which there's an 1868 cafe or coffee shop. So uh, remembering all, all the history. And also it's very worthy to mention that all the bricks on that floor inside this in Shanghai Environ, you call it Shanghai Story Gallery, inside which the cafe is located. Uh, the bricks is in original design of the old Natural History Museum. And, you know, uh, some older, very old staff, retired sub-member of, of the former Natural History Museum, when they enter into this gallery, they feel in tears, you know. They feel very touched because uh, uh, they feel that history is really well-respected. And so, and, and looking to the columns and also those very interesting chairs uh, with deer, um, how to say, or uh, lined uh, paws, as the chair's legs, uh, and oh, also some yes. uh, cultural relics, as well as specimens, was also showcasing in the uh, 1868 cafe, so that people, when they are drinking coffee, it's like a kind of a talk from the ancient to the modern time. That is very interesting, and I and I'm I really can't think of too many other uh, muse, uh, museums that have. Um, that have married sort of the old and the new as as you have and uh, sort of, uh, um, as you say, 
honored that cabinet of curiosities and the, that uh, perhaps today we we look on with perhaps a sense of humor um, or or a fat you know sort of fascination but in in fact it really does embody uh, uh, human curiosity into the natural world uh, and I think that that is uh, quite um, uh, quite remarkable what is the uh, I know you've just opened, but can you tell what what is the most popular exhibit at the um, uh, at the Natural History Museum? Yes, I think uh, this is a hard question to answer because I, according to our survey and also according to our real experience walking there, and uh, I feel that people like many of our exhibitions because there's a lot of attractions. Attractions and the whole museum is a very interesting, uh, presenting all the displays in a very interesting way. And we might have the biggest uh, open diorama in the world. And I think um, among the most popular exhibitions or attractions, I think the African Savannah uh, Gallery is uh, one of the most in, uh, attractive or interested uh, gallery uh, where we show the uh, a big multimedia show uh, emerging, emerging with the real things of the African savanna, and also uh, people like the 3D, you know, uh, kind of a uh, the moving T-Rex. Uh, that half of the head was in uh, anatomy uh, way, showing anatomy way with the muscles and bones shown out. And it, it can be infrared censored, so when people passing by, it will roll in a sudden. So um, little children will be a little afraid and feel interested and curious about it. Uh, and they can, then we can uh, have, have them to read the uh, panels and read uh, the multimedia screens that we prepared for them. And also, people are very interesting. Uh, I think the life of gallery is uh, uh, a way, uh, uh, a place that must go. So people stay there for longer, longest time sometimes. And of course, the road is a little bit narrow, uh, comparing with the big flow of visitors. And um, yes, yeah, so we have a lot of uh, things. And we also have 4D theater over there, and, and it is very popular. And we show the 4D films that are made by our own staff member together with other partners, such as the, uh, the Kingdom of Sibetus, you know, talking about the Sibetus cats. And this oh. is my favorite, actually, favorite 4D film. Uh, in a tragedy uh, ending, but uh, I feel it's really well done. And you can feel the first of the saber-toothed cats that uh, even the eyes, when it opened out, it's really like a real thing. So so we also provide these kind of 40 films in our 40 films uh, theater in both the National History Museum as well in the Science Museum headquarters. Interesting. Oh, uh, Delphi, your uh, your descriptions are are wonderful, and uh, I can't wait to uh, have take another trip so that I can experience some of those things for myself. Uh, I want well, you are to... really welcome. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Well, we are going to take uh, one one more quick break, and when we come back, Delphi is going to share with us some of the new exciting things that are going to be happening in the future, as well as uh, some lessons that we all can learn from uh, Shanghai's experiences uh, in uh, teaching science education to their, their uh, diverse audiences. So please stay tuned. We will be back in a moment. This is Carol Bossert for Museum Life. 
Carol Bossert established CB Services LLC because she believes in the societal value of museums. Exhibitions are a primary way that museums deliver this value, providing places for exploration, renewal, and conversation. Good exhibitions begin with good content, and at CB Services, we are all about the content. CB Services helps organizations identify, shape, and document the ideas and stories that form the foundation of a successful exhibit. We provide tools that help our clients make good decisions throughout the exhibition development process and get the most out of collaborations with architects and exhibit designers. CB Services offers half-day and day-long workshops to get staff, boards, and communities ready for an exhibition project. Call today to schedule a workshop. CB Services also offers a one-hour free consultation to organizations no matter where they are in the exhibition development process. Visit carolbossertservices.com, reach out to Carol through Twitter or LinkedIn, or call her directly at 240-432-7712. You're tuned into Museum Life with Carol Bossert. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to carol.bossert at verizon.net. Now, back to Museum Life. Welcome back. This is Carol Bossert, and I am talking with Delphi Fang, uh, who has been sharing with us not only uh, the things that have been going on since 2001 at the Shanghai Science and Technology Museum, but uh, the opening of its recent branch museum in downtown Shanghai, the uh, Natural History Museum. And Delphi, I know, because we've talked before, that you are the, the... the projects are not done, and you are starting a brand uh, new project uh, for a planetarium. Can you give us a little sneak peek of uh, what what that uh, project is going to entail, what that's going to be about? Yes. Uh, we are going to build a new branch museum called, uh, temporary called now Shanghai Planetarium, uh, and uh, we would prefer to call it maybe a Shanghai Astronomy Museum as well, but because it's not only consisting one planetarium, but also a lot of interactive exhibitions, and we also collect uh, exhibitions about astronomy, astronomical uh, theories, and uh, so. Um, in, we were we are going to finish in about three years. So the quickest time of finishing is by the end of 2018, or around that, or maybe in 2019. So uh, we will have another. Um, so we were starting the construction by the end of this year. So it has already got approval by the government, and we are surely to uh, build up a new branch museum in the near future. And uh, we think it will be, because based on the construction experience uh, of the Science Museum, as well as our newly opened Natural History Museum, we have very uh, uh, big confidence that we will build a brilliant and even much better museum uh, of the Shanghai Planetarium. Uh, 
Yeah, well, you know, and I think that that is very interesting, uh, an interesting point that you make, that uh, with each of these successive projects, you are bringing a significant amount of knowledge and experience of, uh, of from your staff that will contribute to the the next success of the uh, of of these newer projects. Um, can can you tell us uh, just a little bit of, about some of the things that you have uh, that you've learned uh, over these over the years that you can uh, share? Perhaps lessons that uh, those of us here in the U.S. in the Science Center community can uh, can learn from. Um, I think maybe not core lessons, but some suggestions or advice that uh, if you want to go go to build a new museum, you have to, uh, yeah, bear in mind that, uh, uh, to, you know, it always, uh, there's, uh, there's very, no- it's very normal that there will be conflicts then during the construction that the architecture itself should cater to and serving for the exhibition uh, or galleries uh, that will be shown to the public. So it should be like a systematic, uh, working a systematic way. So you should be very um, bearing-minded in a very whole-around way that where you should go, uh, where these, uh, you know, the air conditioning and also, you know, these uh, facilities, hardwares should uh, be serving and uh, including, you know, the toilets and the canteens and also restaurants, uh, those uh, backup facilities for 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 the for serving to the front house, so I think uh, I, I was heard. I'm I'm not an expert in architecture, but but I have heard from the experts from our museum that normally according according to international standards, uh, the public space area, uh, the ratio uh, comparing to the galleries of the exhibitions and attractions would be normally like uh, uh, six to four. So you should uh, leave more space for the public and also for your future ex- educational activities uh, to uh, and for for the public to get very leisured uh, to, to to relax and also uh, providing more facilities to prepare for a large audience that expected. That those are very good pieces of advice. How um, how long does a typical visitor, uh, you know, family stay at, say, the science center? How many hours? Oh yes, according to our survey, uh, normally they will spend at least half a day, and uh, normally uh, uh, family audience, um, the largest audience for from uh, 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 to our museums. And they will stay from nine o'clock, ten o'clock to two or three or four for so almost one day in the science museum because we are big. And uh, for the natural history branch, they will stay for about four four point five hours. Uh, so at least two or three hours if they want to have a very quick tour. But uh, normally, if they uh, came, they come in, they will stay for at least over half a day. Yes, um, so you're very, very right to say that that the amenities, such as a place to sit down and relax and and uh, take care of of uh, personal needs, is 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 extremely important uh, to uh, to take into consideration. And as you said, you do have uh, significant crowds coming to the museum that you still have to manage. Yes. 
Well, and also we have yes, please. No, 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 no. Go, please go ahead. Yes, uh, we also have a lot of international collaborations with uh, not only um, uh, yeah, not only domestic colleagues like uh, Canton Science Center and the other uh, China Science and Technology Museums. We had very good relationship also with other. Uh, uh, smaller science centers because they visit us and they want to learn from some experience from us and we will wholeheartedly to tell our experience, lessons and those uh, shortcomings as well. So uh, we would like to share. And also we have a lot of international collaborations with American museums such as American Museum of Natural History. We collaborate on the Cosmic Collision, uh, a planetarium show. Uh, we were, we were uh, one of the four world collaborators to, to invest for this uh, space program. And also uh, we have uh, a, toured, a touring exhibition from London Science Center, uh, the Science of Aliens, and also from Miraiken, a Japanese uh, National Emerging Science and Technology Museum, uh, the Time Exploration as our first international touring exhibition. As well, as, uh, we also tour our exhibition to Thailand National Science Museum in 2009, the Tiger Rowing Exhibition. And uh, we are going to have our uh, Kiwi of Science exhibition to Germany, maybe in the future, and also to other countries. We had also a lot of uh, collaborations with, for example, the uh, we have received a lot of donations from the other counterparts in the world, such as uh, a Victor, the koala specimen, in, which is showcasing the Natural History Museum, uh, donated by the uh, Museum Victoria in Australia. And we had also very good relationship with uh, New Zealand, like uh, Otago Museum, Chapapa. So uh, we really had uh, a lot of uh, experience working with others, networking with the world uh, counterparts. And we yes, feel that yes. through the collaboration, we learned a lot. Well, well, clearly you are leading the way in, uh, in, in science centers throughout uh, Southeast Asia and uh, soon the world. And uh, Delphi, I cannot thank you enough for sharing just a little bit. I know we could spend so much more time on the wonderful uh, lessons that you've learned and the programs that are being developed at the uh, Shanghai Museum of Science and Technology and its branch museums. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. And we will be back next week with another episode of Museum Life. Uh, it is always a pleasure to bring these international projects to uh, my listeners' attention, and I will uh, see you next week. So this is Carol Bossert for Museum Life. Thank you for tuning in this week to Museum Life. Please join your host, Carol Bossert, again next Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What museum issue is on your mind? Tell Carol at carol.bossert at verizon.net. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.